Tesla is moving their headquarters to good old Texas from California. You don't want to miss this show. If you haven't seen this show, thanks for tuning in. My name is Spencer Sue, the tech realtor of the Bay Area. And every Friday at 12 o'clock Pacific time, I go over live. What are the relevant headline articles of the week? Now, I was gone last week, so I was not able to go over last week's news. But the biggest news of the last two weeks was related to Tesla making their moves from good old Palo Alto, California to Texas. And why is this happening? I think fundamentally people have to understand why these moves are happening, but also about the specific individual. So I love Elon Musk. I think they're doing incredible things. But at the same time, his heart uh, and his growth plans are not necessarily in the Bay Area or in California anymore, given for several different reasons. They have the huge uh, Austin Gigafactory. That's going to be a, a big player for them uh, in Austin. He also has many different launches uh, for SpaceX in Texas. And he doesn't have much ties or needs to have much ties of in the Bay Area anymore. So it just makes financial sense for the whole for him to have left the Bay Area, which he has for a while now. I think you may even see that he's trying to sell um, for himself, by himself, for sale by owner, his uh, mega house here in the Bay Area. Um, so what does that mean, though? Like, are they giving up of the Bay Area? Do they think this place is hopeless? Is everybody just moving on over? And uh, all of those employees in the factory is not going to be relevant? What's kind of funny and interesting as well is they have said this is not a matter of uh, sort of Texas, uh, Tesla leaving California. He said, saying his plans to increase output from its main California factory and Nevada factory by 50%. However, he did say the Fremont California factory nonetheless is jammed. That means it's overpacked and it's tough for people to afford houses in California. It's kind of funny he says that because the reality is this. Tesla could have also just easily expanded to the East Bay or Contra Costa County and get much cheaper labor if they really believe that was the case. And it's not too far. Wait, did I say he could have? They actually are. So what is Tesla actually doing? As you can imagine from a company level, it makes sense. I mean, if they're able to have, uh, they'd be able to recruit people, they're able to pay less taxes. Why not? I mean, why not move the companies over if that was the case and and for Tesla it is. So take a look at this. Tesla leases Palo Alto office space from HP despite moving headquarters to Texas. This actually happened really at the same time. So they're actually expanding and leasing another 325,000 square feet from HP at 150 Page Mill Road. Uh, the lease is expected to be a 10-year period and they're taking over roughly half of HP's campus. And so it's important to understand how is Tesla actually set up? Tesla is set up in the Bay Area from a couple of uh, key ways. The Fremont factory is a big employer, but most people there might be working in the factory and maybe engineers working at the factory itself and maybe retooling. So that's a big presence. Conversely, in Palo Alto, which is previously where their corporate headquarters was, not Fremont, that's where a lot of their engineering talents are. Interesting, right? Why did they just expand another 325,000? This is an expansion. This is not a renewal of more space because they know the engineering top talent is still in the same area, which is in the most expensive city, one of the most expensive cities in the entire Bay Area, which is Palo Alto. 
So on one end, they think they're quote unquote saving costs. On another end, they're still expanding and they have, you know, they still know like where is the top talent, where they're living now, where they're likely to be. So kind of interesting to see. You can see they have 12,000 employees in San Francisco, 750, which are technically, which are typically mostly engineers or science, data scientists in Palo Alto. Um, so that's interesting to see. What's also what a lot of people didn't know about is the next mega factory. It's not a gigafactory. It's a mega factory, it looks like. The plant will produce mega packs, large-scale energy storage products that are used to hold excessive amounts of clean energy. Where is this? This is, they broke ground in Lathrop, Lathrop, California. Wild, right? Um, there's clearly infinite land out there. Uh, there's so much land out there. So it's a great opportunity for these that require a lot of space. And as they brought up cheaper labor to, to expand out there. So be on the lookout for this. They already own 500,000 square feet building there. They also lease at least three other buildings in the city, totaling over 500,000 square feet put all together. So quite interesting. Uh, this is more for clean energy. This is not, um, this is not the battery packs for like consumers for you and I. But it'll be for maybe um, like uh, PG&E, these large uh, utility companies. So that's some some big news from Tesla. On one end, it's always sad to see these iconic companies, uh, at least on paper, changing their corporate headquarters. On another end, the reality is you look kind of behind what's actually going on. It's still the same. Um, nothing has changed. They're still hiring a lot of people. They're growing quickly. And what was a funny joke about Tesla is they moved to a state that does not allow them to sell direct to consumers. So if that's not a, a money play on that end, or that's not some there's other initiatives, and that's a that's 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 also an interesting tale there too. Let's talk about what's been going on with real estate on the sense of office real estate, COVID real estate. Silicon Valley offers rents reach record heights. South Bay office market shows positive signs. I've been saying this kind of all along. The South Bay has been doing very, very well. I mean, most of the buildings are occupied. Even they at least have leases, um, even though they may not actually have people go in. But remember, these leases are not short-term leases. These are typically five or 10 years long. Um, you can see a lot of the moves that I've been showing every single week. What are the, week, the weekly updates? What kind of projects are happening? What are big players doing? And it continues to happen. So the South Bay has done very well. The Peninsula has done extremely well. Right For anyone that works in biotech or in life sciences, you see for yourself, they can't build and, and, and they can't build fast enough. Lab office space, super premium. They're trying to build as much as they can. Those individuals can't truly work remotely indefinitely. They always have to go into the office and biotech is going to be continue to be a huge driver of the Bay Area. San Francisco, on the other hand, is very different. So it's also it's always important to categorize the different office space markets, um, depending on the companies, what they're trying to do, but also their their mindset in terms of the value of office space. So pretty interesting to see it continues to push, and uh, reality is continuing to do very well for office space. Next, Google's plan to cut pay for remote workers who relocate is a bad idea. I think this is an opinion piece than anything else. So it's, you know, Google and, and a lot of these big tech companies have 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 shared have, have demonstrated that they have very full intentions for everybody to come back in in January 
it looks like that's the case unless some another variant uh, is much worse than Delta uh, that pops up. But it seems like Delta is kind of going, um, we're kind of getting through that, which is a good sign. And there's not another one that we're, we're seeing around the corner. January is right around the corner. It's only, what, two, three months away, three months away. You can see a lot, or all the companies have been doing, they have been gobbling up real estate nonstop throughout this time. Combination of amazing deals to be had when there's a lot of panic out there. Also a combination of they know that they want people back into the office, whether it's for collaboration, whether it could be just them watching people being productive at work. Uh, they have their own reasons. But what they have also said in the past is that your pay cut could be reduced if you live in a cheaper area, which is interesting, right? Like on one end, you would uh, assume that it was a, a talent uh, opportunity to be able to attract people that had the comforts. But at the same time, they also don't feel it's that much of an opportunity if they're going to be cutting your, your salary and your income by 5 to 25%. So we'll see how this plays out. Um, I think different companies obviously will have a different stance of this. But a lot of the big tech companies are, are uh, having this. Hence why a lot of people are kind of staying in somewhat of a vicinity, at least when they return. And a lot of people will probably return back because that's a big pay cut. Because if you think about it, many times, um, if you're trying to switch jobs and you're looking for a new one, they may ask your expectations. Sometimes they'll pay you whatever the quote unquote market rate is. Sometimes they may look at what you have earned and you have an expectation of what you earn and you want a percentage above that. Well, if your baseline is now 25% lower um, and you're moving to the Bay Area, they'll be like, wait, how much were you making before? And this is what you want. So it's, it, it sometimes brings a, a challenging kind of negotiation play if that is ever into consideration. Um, never mind the growth opportunities of actually scaling up and, and growing in these companies. So it'll be interesting to see how this unfolds. If you work at Big Tech, feel free to secretly DM me, send me a text, 408-223-5493. Love to hear your thoughts. Are you seeing this for yourself? Are you seeing these pay cuts uh, happen? And some may just elect to do it for various different reasons. Next, Amazon buys big Milpitas campus as tech titan widens shopping spree. E-commerce behemoth as to Bayer property buying binge with new deal. Where is this? This is right across from the Great Mall. CrossFit there, Amalfi Apartments. I think it's just an office space, like old office space. It's been actually, I think this area has been vacant for some time. It's what I remember for this. I live in Milpitas myself. So I think this was the, I think this was a somewhat empty for a while. So sometimes what you have to see of these structures is if you see a building empty, it may not actually mean it's truly vacant. There may be strategic plays from these commercial companies that they're like, we want to, you know, a big company wants to buy a lot at a time. They don't want to swap by one building. So if I kick them out or if I move them from one building to another and I'm going to leave it vacant until the lease ends, then now you have this package. And then for these companies, they'd rather buy packages, right? If you're at Amazon, you don't want to just buy one building at a time. You want to buy a whole block because now you have a, a, a mini campus. So really interesting to see Amazon buying in Milpitas, little old Milpitas, which if you take a look on the map, if it wasn't for the smell, which is a concern for many of you guys, um, the location is amazing, right? I mean, it's, it's easy access to East Bay, easy access to South Bay, easy access to Peninsula, no toll, right? No bridge they have to cross. So it's an ideal location for many. And as you can see, especially if you're in uh, in the office space or you are in um, 
like any sort of industrial where there's a lot of movement of goods, then it's a, it's, it's been ideal. And that's why you, you still see a good amount of industrial companies still uh, located in Milpitas due to the central location. Next, big time developers wheel and deal for a South San Jose property. Two famed development firms strike real estate deal in San Jose. Where is it? This is like the South San Jose because as you can see, there's not too much land left um, to be built. I mean, you look at Communications Hill. That was a uh, four-decade-long project, if you did not know. And even now, it still probably has another decade left for the remaining Phase 3 and Phase 4. Uh, but And that was a long project. Now, you can see there's there's some opportunities here. So there's like this little piece of land now, 15.1 acres of land. So it makes sense for development companies to buy it. Now, the question will be, what will happen to it? Will this be, looks like it'll be industrial space. Um it actually looks like this will be industrial space. So I would have hoped that there would have been more, uh, more residential. But sorry, guys, another another giant piece of lot that's going to be industrial and not more residential. So that's going to be tough. Well, whoever's going to pick that up it could be a FedEx, could be a UPS, could be Amazon. They may be big players to take up that industrial space, especially as e-commerce continues to uh, prevail. Next, Amazon offering teams more flexibility as we return to the office. This was updated this week. I think this was an internal memo. And I'm not too surprised. I think Amazon was a little bit slow for this. However, this policy has been going on with Google. It's been going on with Facebook. It's going on with most companies, which is it's really going to be the team that decides. And it makes sense, right? Like if your boss is gone and not here, all the, you know, not at the office, why are you as an employee? as somebody that works for them, needing to come back all the time. Conversely, if your boss is a micromanager and it's somebody that wants or is going to be in the office all the time, you may want to either switch teams uh, or find a new job, or you're going to have to get used to the normal again. So it makes sense. Um, I, it's kind of weird why they wouldn't have this to begin with is the reality. But there is a, what, what happens in that workplace environment is just a lot more complexity, right? The only downside of this, the flexibility is good for employees, but it's a nightmare for the workplace team. Um, many years ago, I worked in the corporate real estate and workplace strategy side with a lot of companies. And that's the challenge of this kind of flexible flex options is like, okay, well, how much corporate real estate space do we need? How do we actually design this? If you yourself don't even know when you're going to be coming in, how can you expect the people that are creating the environment to be able to know like what is going to be the best situation for you because the challenge of flexibility is what if everybody goes in at the same time right like what do you do like you just have over capacity and that that environment is terrible now but at the same time they can't have the capacity for everyone at the same time that doesn't make any sense that means you're going to have a ton of empty space for a lot of the days of the week so that's the tricky part actually just in practice people may want more flexibility it makes sense it's easy and understand it from the employees and the manager's perspective, but from a design perspective, that's tough. Especially most people will be coming in the same days of the week, right? If you're, if you're working at a, a big tech company, send me a note. Let me know what you think. I think most are pretty much going to be maybe two days a week in the midweek. Um, maybe nothing on Friday, no meeting Friday um, and maybe Monday or Tuesday, right? So Everybody's coming in at the same time. And that's 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 what brings this uh, very challenging for works workplace planners 
as to what is the best strategy. Um, do we alternate every week? We'll see. That's that's their challenge too, that they have to deal with. Um, but uh, we'll see how this plays out. All right. So let's talk about the market data of the week and what is going on with prices now. I gave you guys a warning and I'm going to give you guys a warning now. Um, so this is San Mateo County. San Mateo County. San Mateo County, uh, this past week, 189 new listings. Pretty good. 165 contingent pending. It's been pretty consistent every week. But what are happening with prices? There has been an amazing opportunity over the last few months. However, some people were already spooked and they kind of given up. And now they may consider to come back into uh, come back into the market. But you can see prices have already been increasing. We're midway through October. And the numbers are slowly starting to creep up to what it was back in July, which was the second highest month of the year. We had an amazing opportunity. And this is why, you know, you can't really control like what happens with the market, um, but you can try to understand it and just adapt to it. So at this time, if you think about it, if you're comparing to what other homes have sold for, if your neighbor's home sold for uh, $1 million a month ago or two months ago, you're going to have to factor in a premium of this Delta to even have a chance to win that. Now, if you were buying in July, or sorry, in August, you could have factored in actually a, a decline of what has sold in the past to be able to have got into the got into the home. Now, the question is, do you think this is happening just of San Mateo County? Let's take a look. Santa Clara County, the same thing. It had, had a few months of steady decline. This is the medium sales price. A few months of steady decline, and now has picked back up again. Plenty of new listings. There's no shortage of new listings. 410, 412, 428. Good amount contingent pending a week, but it is picking up again. And what about Alameda? Alameda is a little bit of a difference. It's had actually somewhat of a steady mild decline, but the levels of October to what it is in April is pretty flat, maybe like 1% or 2% delta. So Alameda County has been pretty predictable as long as you understand and see, like you want to compare it to what other homes have sold for, right? That's the key metric. If you aren't sure of how do you actually value homes, check out my latest video that I posted on Tuesday. I gave you a comparison, a real life data points example of is the market price accurate of the health? Is the list price accurate of the health of the market? Or is it kind of a, a game? Right. And unfortunately, in Alameda and the East Bay, it tends to be more of a game. So just understand compared to what other homes have sold for, and you'll be in good shape. So, what are my predictions after seeing this? And you can see for the data for yourself. Don't be surprised that we're probably going to have some increases from this month, which I already see for myself in likely uh, November. Um, I hope during the holidays we might have a, a little bit of a discount, uh, but we will see. My guess is it'll probably just continue to be. A, uh, increases throughout the rest of the year. And as people come back next year, my guess is probably another, probably by year over year, um, it wouldn't be surprising to see another another 10% delta is what I'm, I'm, I'm guessing and I'm seeing. So with that said, what am I doing? Because I think I want to have disclosure so you see my mentality. One of the best strategies is to buy a house that makes sense for you as soon as you can and let it ride it out. So I'll personally be buying another property myself in the Bay Area. Um, I'm still very bullish with what we have right now. Because think about these two things. What do you think will happen with prices next year? Across the board, unless some something hits the fan, 
you're going to be seeing another increase. Give you some perspective. The last decade, the medium increase across the Bay Area was 10% a year. Gives you some perspective for the last decade. The last four decades has been about 6 to 7% a year, right? That's a baseline. That assumes nothing special, nothing good, nothing bad, just baseline. So if you know that, that's kind of one aspect. However, what you do know right now as well is that interest rates are very low. What do you think is supposed to be happening next? You can see it's already tapering. It's already having impacts. Inflation is already here. Um, I'm making my move. I hope you're making a smart decision on your move too, but it is your choice, and I hope that's helpful. If you have any questions about the valuation of your home, I'm going to change it up a little bit. Text me the address of your home. I'm happy to give you a free valuation, no obligation. Text me at 408-223-5493. Text me a home that that's, that's your home, and I'm happy to give you a valuation. Alternatively, if you are browsing or searching for a home, text me as well. I do this for all of my clients. I let them know what the home will probably sell for in advance because you and I don't control the list price. However, if you look at the sales data of the last two to three months, you'll get a sense as to what it'll probably go for. And that will save you at least 30 minutes to an hour of time. Hope this was helpful. Looking forward to help you every step of the way. And I'll see you at the next one. Bye now.